welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. We hear talks about uh, big labour shortages in the UK, and the media are even going on about you know empty shelves this Christmas because there's no lorry drivers, um, and yet, uh, and, and and of course they blame Brexit for this. They say, well, Brexit has meant that all the EU workers have all gone home. They're all going home. They're going back to Poland for a better life. They don't like it here anymore. It's racist here, and all these things I heard on 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 the BBC. Uh, when when Brexit when when it was being debated and before the final Brexit day yet and, and the BBC haven't reported this but I've I've I found out that almost five million people who were granted UK residence under uh, the EU settlement scheme so this this is 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 big news and I'm surprised that the BBC have not been talking about this more because it's there and and even on a debating show last night it wasn't mentioned uh, when the care industry were there talking about uh, you know how many people have gone back to the EU and there was one of the guests on the show saying his builder had gone back to the EU and the guy he bought the house from had gone back to the uh, to Poland I think it was um, so despite warnings of this Brexit mass exodus, you know, of European migrants. It's emerged that, as I said, 5 million people were granted the right to live and work in the UK under what's called the EU settlement scheme so far, according to official estimates. And these are home office figures here that reveal that as of the end of June, 4.908,760,000 EU citizens had been granted immigration status to remain in the country as uh, as full free freedom of movement in in the in the in the UK for EU citizens came to a close following the Brexit transition. So previously, uh, EU citizens were allowed to come here and stay more or less as long as they wanted. They had full freedom freedom of movement, and they could live and work in the UK. They could study. They could claim benefits in the UK, as many have. Uh, I'm not saying all, but there are a lot of EU citizens that are entitled to benefits, and they can get those. Uh, so. That came to an end, and, and now EU citizens will not will need a work permit to come and work in the UK. Although most European countries that we're, we're involved with, there's visa-free travel to come and go here, but to actually live and work here, they, they will need permits. How that's going to work, I, I just don't know, because um, there, there'll be a long transition, and I think a lot of EU, EU people will still be coming and going. It's very difficult to track them. But uh, EU citizens, uh, as well as people from Iceland, uh, Liechtenstein, uh, Norway and, and Switzerland and, the, and their families were invited to apply for this EU settlement scheme uh, before the, the 30th of June deadline. And this was a much easier process than it would have been for uh, migrants from other countries, say uh, from India or the Philippines, where you know they had to fill out 80, 90 page forms, pay thousands of pounds to, to, to settle here uh, and, and then and, and pay all these extra premiums. Uh, they made it very, very easy for EU EU migrants, and yet people still complain. Now, the quarterly data showed that the Home Office processed 5.5 million applications for settlement 
by the deadline. Just think about that. that's a credible number. That's that's ten percent almost getting on for ten percent of the UK population. Maybe eight percent. Okay, uh, and they they've managed to process these before. And the Home Office got a lot of stick for for not being efficient. But five million five million applications. What 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 company? What country can process five million applications before the deadline? And this is the highest number of applications. Where do they come from? Polish people, Romanian people, and Italian nationals. Surprisingly, uh, I, I was a bit surprised with, with Italy, but I know the economy in Italy has taken a bit of a dive. Uh, but you know, you only have to go around London and, and most cities. You'll see EU citizens living and working here uh, happily. Uh, so, so this idea that they're all going to go back home is, is just utter rubbish. Uh, yes, of course, some people go home. Um, uh, you know, not not everyone wants to stay in the UK. But you know, I've been to some European countries and the economies are suffering. You know, you go to places like Italy and Spain, massive unemployment. Also, there's language barriers. Most people speak English as a second language. Uh, you know, if you're, going to, if you're going to go and live in Belgium or Germany, you're starting to learn German and French and, or, or Flemish. It's it's not easy, right? Uh, and and the economy here is reasonably well, reasonably good. There's there's jobs here. There's a million job vacancies. Uh, so you know, things are not as bad as people make out in the UK. I'm not. I'm probably going to get a lot of stick online for this, um, as, as I do. Uh, but these, these are, are are the facts, and the latest figures uh, show that it's a higher higher than official estimate of how many EU, EU nationals are actually living here. Because the the Office for National Statistics say that there were three million people in in mid 2020, three and a half million EU citizens living in in the UK. But in fact, it turns out that they've processed five million applications. So that's much higher than the estimates of. EU citizens living here. Now, of course, it's difficult to estimate how many EU citizens are living here because they could come and go through the borders, particularly on the ferries, without, you know, just flash the passport and they're in. So there was no measure of them unless they registered here in some way. But, uh, you know, almost 6 million applications were submitted between the launch of the scheme and in March 2019 and the 30th of June 2021 cutoff. 2.8 million applications were granted settled status, allowing them what's called permanent leave to remain uh, in the UK. A further 2.3 million were granted what's called pre-settled status, meaning that they need to apply after living in the country for five years in order to gain permanent residence or indefinite leave to remain in the UK. So they, they would get that. That would be a, a formality after five years. So it's a bit like having a I say a five-year work permit, and at the end of that work permit, you would apply for uh, settled status or permanent or indefinite leave to remain. And included in this number were uh, also there were 208, 200, nearly 300,000 people from countries like India, Pakistan, Brazil, Philippines, who uh, were, were given status uh, through their family members or other EU on, or non-European areas would have applied. So there were there were about 300,000 people in those, but, but the vast majority of them, over 2 million, were uh, EU citizens in, in that case that were granted uh, a permanent leave to remain, nearly, nearly 3 million, in fact. So the Home Office said across all nationalities, the highest number of applications were received from Polish, Romanians and Italian nationals. This has been the trend throughout the scheme. There were 100,000 applications refused, 109,000, 80,000 withdrawn or void, and 79,000 deemed invalid, where the Home Office decides someone is not eligible or failed to provide sufficient proof of, of residence in, in the country. 
and the Home Office said that eight percent of the applications were from repeat application applicants. So, so th those are the, uh, are the the figures there. Oh, among those, one million were for children. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 there were other figures in the UK recently that said that the overall population was declining. But looking at this, you know, there's, there's the population is growing through immigration. In fact, in in Western Europe, populations are declining as birth rates fall. Uh, that 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 is a fact uh, in in the Western world. I think even Elon Musk warned that you know the the world will be in doom if we don't have more children and and grow the population. But you know he, he is a bit out there, Elon Musk. Um, so some seven hundred seventy two thousand applications came from under 18s finalised by. Uh, they, they were granted immigration status, while 32,000 were re refused, withdrawn or void. And in London, the, the borough with the highest number of applications was Newham. That's in East London. And outside London, the highest number came from Birmingham in the West Midlands. And it's not known how many people in the UK are eligible to apply for the scheme, uh, or, but could remain here undocumented. I think there's a there is a lot of people in the UK undocumented. There's probably a million or more people in the UK undocumented or illegal. Let's call them what they, it's illegally here. Uh, people who've overstayed or entered the country illegally. Uh, so, but that that figure is very difficult to to ascertain. In fact, if people get arrested here uh, without proper status, the police just generally let them go because they haven't got. Uh, the means they say to deport people, so it's very it's very rare that people actually get deported here. Uh, if they're put into uh, centres to hold them, uh, detention centres, if they haven't got a passport, where do you send them to? They they won't tell you anything, uh, and a lot of countries won't accept people back into their country even if we know where they come from without a passport. So this thing goes on and on and on, and then people wait for maybe 20 years until they can apply to stay here, or they have a baby here, uh, and that baby then, after so many years, becomes British, or if, if they marry a British citizen or, or an EU citizen, as it was in the past, you know, you could get set status for the baby, and then as the parent, you're there, you have the right to look after the baby, and blah, blah. it goes on and on. So people very rarely uh, actually get... Uh, deported from the country. In any case, how would you deport a million people? How would you even find them and deport them? It would cost you know billions of pounds to do that. Uh, so anyone who's not yet applied may have lost their immigration status, their official immigration status, but the government is giving them a bit of a period of um, a grace period, if you like, uh, that, that they may still apply if there's a valid reason for not applying. So you've still got a chance, but you know, you've really got to get your, your act together now. Uh, I think most people who, who wanted to stay have, have applied and have stayed. Uh, so, so that's good news for them. Um, and anyone who does not, you know, anyone doesn't just ignores it, uh, will, will eventually could face enforcement action. Let's see what happens. Um, and, and most, People coming in newly to the UK from these EU countries will need a work permit uh, to live and work in the UK. And the care industry is saying that they have lost uh, EU workers. And, and, and I've heard from inside information that a lot of EU workers have gone home because they don't want to take the vaccine. It's nothing to do with Brexit. It's because the care industry has ruled that anyone who works in the care industry must have a vaccine. It's an enforced vaccine. Uh, and, and they've got until November <clears throat> to have this vaccine unless they're exempt in some way. Otherwise, they'll, they'll be sacked. So, so a lot of people say, well, I'm going, I'm off. Um, I'm either going to get a job 
in 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 the supermarkets, in Tesco's, in the stores where there are jobs, <clears throat> or they've they've gone home to their to their country of origin. So that's what the problem is there. Uh, it, I don't think it's it's, it's down to, to Brexit, but the care industry still needs staff. I think the best carers and the best nurses I, I've seen come from from outside the EU. Uh, if you if you get nurses and care workers from the Philippines or India, they tend to stay in the job. Well, they have to with a work permit anyway. Uh, unlike say a Spanish worker, they say oh, I don't like this job. I'm going here. I'm going there. I'm not, I, I'm going to go and work in in Starbucks. Better pay, clean job. You know, blah blah blah. But when I was in recruitment and I recruited thousands of nurses and carers from overseas in countries like mainly like the Philippines, uh, the workers here came, they stayed, they became managers, they, they settled here. They did very, very, very well. And those are the people we need. But the government will not make it easy for care, for care homes to get work permits for them. They have to register. It's, it's such a palaver now that a lot of them are not bothering. Uh, so if, if they bring that scheme back, uh, I think we could we could solve the shortage of, of care workers and nurses if we make it easier for them to come into the UK on, on a work permit. I think we could solve that problem. Even nurses, it's, it's very, very difficult to come in as a nurse. Now, you still can come into the UK on a work permit, but you have to jump through far more hoops than you did before. And of course, the language requirement is quite high as well. But that, that could be solved. So now there is a million job vacancies in the UK, including a big shortage of lorry drivers, builders, and much of which has been blamed on Brexit. However, the, the latest Home Office figures would appear to, to contradict this claim. Uh, the mainstream media keep going on about the fact that there'll be empty shelves at, in the supermarkets at Christmas. We must get these lorry drivers. But the main problem with lorry drivers is that a lot of them are retiring. It's It's not particularly well paid. It's hard work. It's long hours. Uh, it's it's not, not necessarily safe work in many ways. It's hard. It's hard to get a lorry, a heavy goods vehicle, lorry driving test. That's the reason why there's a bit of a shortage. Uh, but I don't think it's down to Brexit. And, you know, and, and the fact is, I see a lot of lorries still on the road. Everywhere you go, if I step out of my door now, I'm probably going to be run over by a delivery van or a lorry uh, thundering past my street. You know, the motorways are clogged up with lorries and you can't move for delivery drivers. People don't even want to go out to the shops anymore. They, they want to just order everything on Amazon or from Tesco Home Delivery. Um, people, I don't know why people don't want it. Are they frightened to go out? Or, you know, but... Everywhere you look, there are delivery vans buzzing around everywhere. So there's plenty of drivers around, maybe not the heavy goods vehicle. But the final thoughts on this is that, you know, if our food is coming in from abroad, which most of it is, okay, um, surely they would be delivered by lorry drivers from that country from where it's been sent. British drivers don't go to, to these countries to pick the stuff up. They send it here. So if you get Spanish tomatoes or or lettuce grown in, in the Netherlands under these big uh, uh, big greenhouses uh, or you get food from Portugal or, wh or whatever it is or French wine and French cheese that is delivered by French lorries that's why when I, I, I'm on the motorway I've been pushed around by German and French lorries and Polish lorries and, and Romanian lorries they're all over the place. They're, they're, they're tearing up our roads. So why would a British lorry driver shortage uh, affect food coming in from, from those countries when they send the lorries in themselves from their own country? They send their own delivery drivers to deliver them here. So it's, it's just all a lot of nonsense and scaremongering. If you go to the supermarket today, there's plenty of stuff to buy. There's no shortage. Um, you know, If you want to order your turkey now for Christmas, do so. Uh, you, you might get one. Uh, but 
I, I wouldn't panic buy into this. I, I certainly wouldn't panic buy. Um, there'll be plenty of food around. There's all, there always has been, always will be. Other trend in news then is this thing about China. Uh, we know that China has denounced this AUKUS, AUKUS pact between <clears throat> the UK, US and Australia and other countries might come into it. This is apparently to keep peace in the region, in the Indo-Pacific region. Uh, we know that China has been aggressive in the past. We know that they've occupied islands in the Philippines. We know that they've virtually taken over the Philippines uh, and they've occupied other places in, in Vietnam and built uh, man-made islands in the sea to create bases. We know that China has been aggressive. That's why, you know, now they're denouncing it as aggressive. But I think we have to do something. And had had the Philippines not closed down the bases in, in America, that was uh, Aquino. Uh, she she uh, closed the present Aquino, the female Aquino that was, was present many years ago. She went a bit left wing, closed all the bases down and kicked the Americans. We're going to get rid of the Americans out of Subic Bay. We're going to get rid of the Americans out of Clark Air Base. What good did it do? It, it, it sucked billions out of the economy, sucked jobs out of the economy. And now it's destabilized the reason, region because China would never have occupied an island in the Philippines had, had there been American bases there and warships there. No way. And so... Aquino's got a lot to answer for this. The Aquino family has got a lot to answer for this as to why they withdrew the bases out of the Philippines. That's my political bit for today. But the other problem with China is that their their, their economy is largely based on, on property growth. And the, the government is worried about the amount of money that the banks have in debt to property companies. And uh, this is why they've started asked the banks to pull back. And one of the biggest property companies in, in the world is, is now facing uh, bankruptcy. They're on the brink of collapse. It might not happen. We don't know. But if it did happen, if that, that company collapsed, it could bring down, you know, some of the banks in China, the bond markets in China, and could see it could be a domino effect for, for the worldwide property market if, if that market collapses. Because we know that Chinese companies are buying properties all over the world. We know that they're buying, you know, flats and condos by the floor load in in, uh, in in the Philippines and they're buying everywhere in Australia they're buying up stuff in Auckland and in Canada and in the, and in the UK so if that if that what happens if if that bubble bursts I mean at the moment they say it's hissing it's hissing at the moment but if that bubble bursts then that could be uh, serious problems for for the rest of the world uh, if, if you want to look up the the company, uh, that, that that's involved. It's it's a company. I forgot the name of the company now, but it's Evergrande. Yeah, Evergrande. Well, I don't know if they'll still be so grand after this, but apparently they owe some. They owe something like three hundred billion in debt, and and they've got they've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of projects all over China in like two hundred different cities. So they're a major player in the property market. But I, I read something else that the property prices in China are falling and that the economy is slowing down. Now, we shouldn't gloat over this because if the, if the Chinese economy slows down, just like if the American economy slows down, it's bad news for the rest of the world. And, you know, the, the old uh, saying that, you know, when America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. Remember that one? Well, it's similar. China is the second largest economy in the world. They consume a lot of stuff. So if, the, if, they, if their economy slows down, it, it's not good news for the, for the rest of the world. Other trending news, higher prices, uh, inflation has hit 3.2% in the UK. It's also gone up in, in America. It's gone up in Germany. That that means if, if you're 
if inflation's at 3% and you're getting next to 0% on your savings, the value of your money is going down by 3% every year. So in, in years to come, the value of your money will go way down if it's just sitting there in the bank. So what do people do about it? Well, you need to think about how you invest the money. What, what, how, do, how can you invest for growth? But if you put your money into the stock market, that, that, that is risky at the moment because the markets are at an all-time high. Uh, the stock market in America at, at double the, the GDP of the country, the value of the stock market, which it shouldn't be that high. Uh, Earnings to, to 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 price to earnings ratio, PE ratios are, are, are massively over, well over fifty on average. So it's it's not good a good time to to pile your money into stocks and shares. I think at the moment I'm waiting, watching to see what happens. Property market is is at an all time high as well. Do, do you want to go out and buy more property at the moment? I, I would be cautious unless you can get a really good deal. Now, business has changed in the last couple of years, as we know, and I, I would call this a new world order. Uh, currencies are changing, they're, they're trying to phase out cash. Uh, digital currencies seem to be on the way. I know that Bitcoin has been accepted in places like El Salvador, but I think I, I'm not sure that the governments of the world and the world banks are, are going to allow Bitcoin to take over the governments and the Federal Reserves and the, and the Bank of England and the EU central banks control over money. Bitcoin's fine, but I don't think it's going to become the major dominant currency. But countries will have their digital currencies rolling out. China's already done so. I think Sweden has as well. And, and that that means that they, they will be able to trace every penny you spend, where you spend it, every penny you earn, every dollar, dime that you, you get. It will be watched over by uh, the, the, the central banks and the government. So the new world is orders here. And if you're in business, you need to change. You need to adapt to the new world order. Otherwise, like thousands of small businesses, you'll go out of business. But look at bigger companies, big store groups like Gap, Debenhams, out. You know, they're finished. Many, many others in, in the UK and, and in the States. So what do you do? What can you do to take advantage of these changes rather than worrying and just hoping that things will go back to normal? Because things are not going back to normal. You know, look at the travel industry. Look at look at look at some of these industries that are in trouble, as opposed to industries that are trading online that are doing very, very well. Amazon, for instance, gone up by trillions of dollars, uh, billions of dollars, I mean. Uh, Jeff Bezos' wealth has gone up by billions just in, in the last year, as is Zuckerberg, Elon Musk. But what can you do to, to get yourself into shape and, and cope with this new world order and cope with the new changes? Well, look, businesses that have adapted are, are thriving and businesses that are not are dying. So can you make money online? Can you make money on social media? Well, you can, and you probably are right now. If you're on social media right now, you're making money for someone else, not for you. You're making money, but not for you. You're clicking on ads, you're buying stuff, you're doing this, you're doing that. You're making money for somebody, right? You're making money for Facebook ads, you're making money for Google ads, you're making money for the company that you've clicked on. So look, what can you do so that you could make money as well on social media instead of just making money for other people? We can all learn how to use social media. I think it's not that difficult, but you can also learn how to make money on social media. So what I want you to do is to stop wasting time on social media and start making money instead. Now, one of my mentors is a guy called Paul O'Mahony from, from Ireland. Uh, nice guy, written a book. I think it's about 350 pages about called Rethink Social Media. And this is a book about 
making money on social media instead of wasting time on social media. Now, instead of ordering the book and buying it and pro probably never reading it, you can look at a webinar that he is running uh, right now. You can go on and click on my link below and join a free web class where he'll explain all about how you can stop wasting time on social media and start making money on social media. Now, you can you can learn how to use your time that you're already spending there, because we know that as soon as people wake up, they're on the phone, they're looking, they're, they're, they're doing it on the bus, on the train, even on a date, they're, they're still looking on their phone. They're not even looking at the person opposite them on a date. You see couples on a date, and they're looking at their phones. They even bring them into the bathrooms. So we know that people are spending time on social media. But what I want you to be able to do is to start making money on social media so that when you look at your phone, you're thinking, ah, oh, how much money have I made today? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful to look at your phone or your laptop or your, your tablet and say, look, how much money have I made today? How much stuff have I sold today? What money is coming in? Then you wouldn't have to worry about the new world order. You're part of it. Now, you, you could be someone that um, has a product that you sell already, but you don't know how to sell it online. And I don't mean just going on Facebook and saying, look at this dress, buy this dress. Uh, that, that's not the way to, to sell online or just going on Facebook to buy this. Would you like to buy this? People don't go onto Facebook to, to buy stuff. They go onto Facebook and, and other social media to become entertained and to learn and to find things. So you've got to give people what they want, not just try and flog them stuff online. But if you don't have a product, you can also do this because you can sell other people's products as an affiliate and you can get these for nothing and you don't need your own website. You don't even, really even need a budget to buy stuff. So in this free web class that Paul is running, you'll learn, uh, I, I would say, watch this if you have a business or you want to be in business, but you don't want to quit your job and take that big risk of, of starting a physical business, or you're just tired of wasting your time on social media and want to start making money instead. So stop wasting time on social media, uh, and except when you're watching me and learning stuff, right? But uh, you know, click on the link below that I put there and watch the free web class. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Thanks very much for listening and, and have a great day wherever you are. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 